And good afternoon. Welcome to the Women's Show. I'm Deb Anderson here with you until 2 o'clock with the best. Whoa, and music performed by women. And of course, I'm playing somebody that I kind of have almost the same name with, and I'm pretty excited. And um, she's done a heck of a lot. Her name's Jamie Anderson. And uh, we started off with Linda's guitar, and that was all about Linda Ronstead from brand new album from Jamie, Songs from Home. And then after that, we heard Between uh, from The Truth Appears uh, album uh, before this one. And then we heard Marry Me for Rachel Maddow. And uh, that's also from Songs from Home from Jamie Anderson. And if all luck prevails, uh, I've got Jamie Anderson is here with me on the phone. Hey there. Hey. You don't have that the Canadian accent that you should have, <laughs> Jamie Anderson. Where'd it go? Well, I joke that I'm not a real Canadian because I'm a dual citizen. <laughs> no, you're not because my understanding is when it starts snowing and up there in Ottawa, you head to Arizona, don't you? <laughs> well, I have the last couple of years, yeah, because I grew up in Arizona and um, I'm not a winter person. <laughs> Well, that's not surprising that you wouldn't be coming from uh, Arizona. But, you know, you're a heck of a snowboarder, Jamie Anderson. <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, you don't really know about that part of your life, do you? Yeah, yeah. Is, I, th I think we should explain to people that there is another Jamie Anderson, and she is an Olympic meddling Yes, uh, snowboarder, is. but I don't think she plays the guitar, so in some ways we're even. That's right. When I know, I've seen pictures of you carrying on a snowboard at some of your performances, just to kind of, you know, have fun with that whole Jamie Anderson thing that goes on Yeah, you and her, but uh, Jamie, you've, you are, um, you do quite a bit of things. Now, you say you get bored easily, so is that why uh, you uh, have put out 13 albums of which you just put one out called songs from home you teach guitar ukulele mandolin um you've written a book three and you just one just came right out called uh uh what is it called it is called uh, drive all day which is a sequel to drive all night and we're going to talk about that in a minute <laughs> what that's all about uh, you're a comedian, you've done radio, and you are a video star. Now, how can you get bored easily that way? <laughs> you forgot to mention that I hula hoop. <laughs> oh, and and I definitely, and you play ukulele backwards, I mean, with uh, behind your well, head, right? I mean, why not? It's small, you know. That's right. Why not? Yeah. And you've got pictures yeah. to prove it, which I did post one, actually, of you. Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, how many people do that? I, I can't think of one that comes to mind <laughs> for sure. But, Jamie, thanks so much for being here. Uh, I've actually uh, run into you over the years because uh, you've been out performing since the 80s, uh, uh, going out touring uh, all over the country. Um and in other countries too um and since then you know starting out you've also delved into teaching which you do probably full-time right now don't you yeah teaching's my bread and butter right now i still get out to perform but not like i used to yeah well uh as as unfortunately we're all getting older and uh and maybe that's one of the reasons you wrote the sequel to Drive All Night to uh, the newest Drive All Day. So what's that well, about? Well, what happened was that, you know, the pandemic happened and I, I couldn't do gigs. And so I uh, I wrote a book and put out an album because, you know, that's what one does. <laughs> right. 
Well, you uh, you certainly made a lot of time out of uh, being stuck at home. Uh, <laughs> for sure, you and your cat and your wife, uh, uh, during the pandemic, I guess you watched a lot of Rachel Maddow, too, apparently, when you were at home. I, you know, Rachel Maddow is like my... She's my crush. I mean, she's intelligent. <laughs> she's attractive. I mean, you know, who wouldn't be attracted to her, really? Hey, I'm I'm going for the attracted to her, and she fishes, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. which uh, I'm all about that too, and no doubt about it. So the the pandemic kind of worked out for you pretty well in a lot of ways. In a, in a lot of ways, yeah. You know, I mean, I still miss performing, especially since I do so much comedy because, you know, I can, I can perform online concerts, but it's just not the same if you don't hear people laughing. I mean, I know they're out there, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, being a comedian, and that, that is a big part of what you do. I mean, you write these very humorous songs, and you have serious songs, too, but um, the humor shines, and certainly I ended with uh, Marry Me, which is that song to Rachel Maddow. Um, but then, of course, in between, we did Between, which is a lot more about um, uh, relationships, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, and actually, you know, people... I do do a lot of funny songs, and that's what people often remember. But only about a third of my material is funny. I I, I write mm-hmm. a lot of serious songs, like Between. Mm-hmm. And you do, and I guess that that comedy. But you know, the thing about you is, um, you do a lot of emceeing. I mean, you go out there on stage and you entertain people, uh, like at the National Women's Music Festival, which you're going to be doing this summer. No, oh, actually, no, I'm not going to be there. Oh, you're not? This summer. Oh. No, but, but I have performed there a lot. Yeah, you have. In fact, I saw you a couple years ago, before the pandemic, like 2017, you were main stage emceeing for the music festival. But, yeah. uh, but you know, you um, over those years, you've made a lot of friends in the women's music world. And when you wrote uh, the song, or wrote the book before... Um, Drive all day. You did a a book called An Army of Lovers, which was about women's the women's uh, the lesbian women's uh, music culture. Yeah, it's it's a book about women's music of the seventies and eighties, and um, you know it's not about me. A lot of people assume that you know I write a lot about me, and that's what it is. But no, it's not. It's about that great movement that started in the seventies, and. I kept telling people, you know, someone should write a book about this. And, mm. you know, I, I approached some writers and some people prominent in women's music back in the day, and they all said, no, I don't have time or you know, whatever was going on for them. And I said, well, I'm a writer. I guess I could do it. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I spent I spent several years, uh, and I did over 100 interviews. I interviewed everyone from Holly Nair to Deirdre McCalla. I talked with... Uh, concert producers, I talked with radio DJs, I talked with you know anybody involved in women's music because what we did was an amazing thing. It was. And yeah, and I've got a little bit about the 90s, but it pretty much stopped at the end of the 80s because, you know, it was starting to look like a set of encyclopedias and um, I didn't want to go too far. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm hoping somebody writes the sequel. I don't think it's going to be me. I don't really have time, but um, You don't but yeah, have time. Hmm. Surprising. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, it just it, it involved a lot of research, and um, I, I'm just not ready for that again. 
Well, yeah, that is a pretty comprehensive book, and I I do have it because I certainly lived that uh, those times, and certainly the '70s was the hotbed of women's lesbian culture uh, with all the festivals, the Michigan Women's Music Festival, and of course mm-hmm. the National Women's Music Festival was going on at that time, mm-hmm. and several yeah. different cities before it landed in Middleton, Wisconsin. Champaign, Urbana, I mean, you name it. Uh, it was all over the place for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And you and you lived that because uh, all during that time you were out there performing at festivals, you were um, doing uh, house concerts, you were uh, in coffee houses and other kinds mm-hmm. of venues that, and you were putting out albums. I mean, 13 albums, that's quite an accomplishment. Well, I just kept writing songs. So I thought, well, heck, <laughs> put out another album. And, uh, you know, my fans were very supportive and generous. You know, um, they lent me money for my mm. albums. And, um, and, and and as I did each album, I learned a lot about recording and writing songs. And it, it's fun. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite parts of my job is, is writing songs and performing. Well, obviously songs must come to you i mean where do they come from how how are you able to you know sit at home during the pandemic and all of a sudden come up with songs like <laughs> marry me and linda's guitar and those kind of songs um well i get inspiration from a lot of different places stories people tell me you got to be careful what you say around me because i'll <laughs> write it down um <laughs> i mean i i don't use real names and addresses of course unless i really don't like you but um no that's not that's um, right you know and and so i i have a book that i carry with me and i just jot down these ah. ideas as they come to me and so when i've got you know the uh, the space and the time to write i look at that book oh yeah Rachel Maddow, she's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd right. like to marry her. Oh, I think that's what the song should be. And um, right. and then the one about Linda Ronstadt that came from a story another musician told me. And it's a true story. You know, she, she went to the Luthier to get her own guitar fixed. And she hears the door open behind her. And the guy waiting on her says, oh, hi, Linda. And my friend turns around and it's Linda Ronstadt carrying oh, this smokes. vintage Martin guitar. And the guy behind the counter says, you know, do you mind if I wait on her first? And my friend's <laughs> like, uh, you yeah, know. Right. <laughs> uh, and this all happened in Tucson because, you know, uh, Linda's originally from Tucson. She still has family here. And uh-huh. so that's why she was there. And that's where my friend found out about this vintage Martin that's been passed down through the family. And everything I put in the song is true. Oh, my gosh. What a great story. And uh, apparently a lot of the songs you write are pretty much true. And apparently... Uh, you ha- you and your cat have a thing that uh, she helps co-write some of your songs, too. Is that right? <laughs> he does. He keeps trying to collect royalties for those cat songs, <laughs> man. Yeah, good luck on that, I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the thing about uh, your, the books that you write, which which is great that you started doing, you, back in 2014, you did Drive All Night. And um, so what made you decide to not put those into songs, but actually write those down and, and, and print that? Well, you know, when you're writing a song, you have to keep the three or four minutes, and it has to focus on one thing, and oftentimes it has to rhyme, and it's just, it's, it's a really different thought process, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've been a journal writer for years since I was a teenager, so just writing what happens to me comes naturally, but I never thought about 
actually writing a book until um, I was having dinner with a couple of women who'd been to my show the night before, and I was telling them road stories, you know, all the weird stuff that happens to musicians, mm-hmm. all the fun stuff, and they were laughing so hard they could barely <laughs> choke down their pancakes, and one of them said, one of them said, you should write a book, and I went, oh. And uh, I was staying at this place in New England. It was freezing cold out. I didn't have any gigs for a couple of days. I had my laptop with me, and I thought, well, why not start? So I started writing this book, and uh, that's where Drive All Night came from. Oh, my gosh. So it's recollections of being on the road as a traveling musician and all the experiences you had, and that's pretty much what it was? Yeah, a collection of stories from the road. And um, partly, you know, I, I want to be entertaining, of course, but I also want people to know what it's really like for us. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's there's a lot of really great stuff, but there's a lot of really weird stuff, you know, like the time I shared housing with a pig, a real pig. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, wow. Y- yeah, hello. Yeah. Um, and then in between that book and my most recent one, I wrote the book about women's music. And then my most recent book is called Drive All Day because I'm too old to drive all night. <laughs> right. And, um, it's it's also there's some stories from the road in that one too but i'm not doing as many gigs these days uh-huh. and so i thought well you know what else could i write about so i wrote about my students i wrote about mm-hmm. um a gig i had at a hospice where i played background music i wrote about smuggling plants into canada i probably shouldn't have written that one they're probably <laughs> going to come after me now could be yeah Oh, that's funny. And you also talk about, you know, some of the downside, like Spotify and how that doesn't work and benefit for musicians. Oh, do not even get me started about streaming platforms. I mean, uh-huh. streaming platforms definitely have their place. I'm not knocking all of them all of the time. It's a really great place to discover new music. Um, it's great to turn on, to, to stream some music if you need background for a party or something like that. So it's not like I'm opposed to using it at all. But I wish it was more artist-focused because the people who get the money from streaming platforms, like I just zone in on Spotify because they're an easy target, but Mm -hmm. the people who get money from that are not the artists. Mm -hmm. Yet we're the ones who write the songs and record them and get on the road and do what I think is most of the work. Instead, some executive at Spotify is getting all my money. And, you know, just so... um, Uh, listeners have an idea of what that is. I mean, there was one quarter where I received, I don't know, a couple hundred unique plays, and they paid me the princely sum of 10 cents. Oh my gosh, I can't not believe that. I know. Oh, where should I spend all that money? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Well, you know, you have made great use of the media, though, uh, uh, technology. Um, You are... uh, have a viral video of your teaching, which I'm quite amazed about. Two million views. Tell me about that video. Um, well, actually, the one that has over two million views is an instructional video um, for people learning the guitar, and it's called Five Strums You Can Use in Almost Any Song. Hmm. And the story behind all of that is that I have a YouTube channel with 70,000 subscribers, and a lot of the people who come to my channel come for my free guitar, ukulele, and mandolin lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, YouTube tells me that most of my YouTube, YouTube viewers are men over 60. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. But I do hear from women. It's just, you know, 
like I don't know. So it's mostly <laughs> instructional um, videos that I have up there, and then I also have one playlist that's got a bunch of you know performance stuff on it because you know I'm a singer songwriter too. Right. And and some people do find that, but some never make it to that playlist. They're just learn how they're just there to learn how to play "Blown in the Wind." <laughs> well, I guess you've probably taught hundreds and hundreds of people and of course you do lessons anyways i mean you do you skype lessons and you also have private lessons of, of guitar and mandolin yeah. and ukulele yeah i i taught in person until the pandemic and then i switched over uh, all my students to skype and so um i, I don't have as many students as i used to because i'm trying to cut down on that part of my work mm-hmm. but i but i do have um private students and and i love teaching um, I would like to stop playing Blown in the Wind, but I do enjoy <laughs> teaching. I have some great students, and I talk about them in my new book. Oh, I, I bet you do, and uh, I, and that's a great thing that uh, what you write about in your book is personal experiences. I mean, they're they're all based on reality. It's kind of your what you've encountered over there in the world. And you, interesting story. I mean, you teach people how to play guitar, but. Uh, w- my reading that your your father was a country musician. There was a lot of guitars around your house. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he, a lot of people assume he taught me to play, but he didn't. It's just that he left his guitars out, and that was, you know, uh-huh. that was an opportunity for me. So I grabbed one of his guitars and I sat in my room with a a, a music book that I'd also borrowed from him mm-hmm. and memorized the whole thing. I memorized all the chord forms and all the songs, and I taught myself to play. Um, wow, I was a Girl Scout then, and Girl Scouts sing a lot of folk music that is pretty simple, just three or four chords. And so I learned a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, there's also a lot of guitar players in Girl Scouts, and if one of them was playing a song I really liked, I would say, "Hey, can you teach me to play that?" And you know, oh. that's how I I figured it out. I mean, I took lessons for a very short time for a couple of months in the '80s, and it was it was it was just a waste of money, frankly. Hmm. So Mel Bay, the Mel Bay uh, instructional book is kind of what taught you to all those strums oh, yeah. and everything that you, oh, yeah. you passed on to all those probably thousands of people you've instructed over these many years that you've been, you've been teaching. By the way, I'm talking to Jamie Anderson here on Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond on the Women's Show. And uh, Jamie, um, you know, you started writing songs after you got kind of tired of playing uh, James Taylor songs and Joni Mitchell songs <laughs> and wed- and you also played weddings and you probably got asked to do like the same song like all the time right? Oh my god if I had to play um, wedding song by Paul Stuckey one more freaking time I was going to throw stuff <laughs> right. um, but but it, you know it's, it's good money because people save up for weddings so, you know, it, it, it was a way to bring in some money. But I always had a day job back then, too. You know, I, I've worked a whole bunch of restaurant jobs and office jobs. And for a while, I worked for a regular distributor. Um, mm. And I've done just about every job in music that you can count. I've produced concerts. I was a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. The list is long. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I, you know, I started out doing cover tunes, as almost everybody does. And, um, I mean, I, I, I love James Taylor. I'm happy to play Fire and Rain one more time. So that's right. not that that exactly was an issue, but I had started playing for the women's community. And, um, you know, they they didn't really want to hear James Taylor. They were listening to Holly Near and, and Meg mm-hmm. Christian. And so I started learning their songs. And, and then it was just a short leap to writing my own. 
Well, apparently, and now you just have this great catalog of songs, that uh, cat and catalog of songs, and you also kind of got together with some other great uh, musician, one who I've talked to recently, Deidre McCullough and Diane Davidson. You guys do a little touring together called Not Dead Yet? Yeah, yeah, we had a little act called We Aren't Dead Yet that we did for about three years. And um, we did some performances at festivals and in the South. We did a whole bunch of performances in Arizona. It was really fun. We all got up on stage at the same time and each did our songs and sang and played on each other's work. And I'm a, I'm a great fan of both of theirs, too. In fact, I, you know, I've been listening to them for years and I, I'm kind of an upstart. I came along a little later than they did. And I mm-hmm. sometimes I'd be on stage and I'd look over and be like, I am sitting next to Diane Davidson. <laughs> Holy <right>. cow. <laughs> All right. She's, she's amazing. I mean, she was on a major label back when she was younger. I mean, I have mm-hmm. her vinyl albums from way back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they knew what to do with her, just like a whole lot of other women uh, artists back yeah. then. Yeah. Labels had no clue. Thank goodness for the women's music industry. Uh, that all these women came together and we did our own production we had our own studios we had our record labels we had distributors um, you know we did yeah, it all we, we looked at mainstream music and we said there's nothing for us here let's let's learn how to do it ourselves and women taught themselves to produce concerts and run sound and 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 dj radio and do all of that stuff i mean we did some amazing things we did and you know i'm curious um that was Oh, so many years ago. Um, what do you think has happened to all that creativity and all that ingenuity? Um, have we just melded into the ma- mainstream now? Or do you think these, a lot of these women have gone off to have very successful careers, I guess, who started off in the women's music uh, uh, movement? Well, it hasn't gone away. You know, it's still out there. But the original women's music artists are getting older, and some of us aren't touring. Some of us are gone, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, younger women are doing their own thing, and a lot of them are in mainstream music now. I mean, we have people like Brandy Carlisle, who's an out lesbian. Exactly right. You know, that never would have happened back in the 70s when we started women's music. And I like to think that we had something to do with her success. I don't know if we did or not, but, you know, it sort of opened the way for uh, women to get out there. You know, and, and issues, too. Like, we were singing about body image in the 70s and now we've got artists like Lizzo coming out on stage and saying this is this is who I am you know mm-hmm. and you know it just makes me jump out of my chair and cheer it's, it's awesome it is pretty exciting uh, and uh, you know you know Melissa Etheridge uh, Brandon Kyler really broke on the scene and Brandon Kyler is up for like seven Grammys I think this evening I know I know <laughs> I know we're gonna watch that show pretty sure <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm surprised you haven't written a song about Brandy Carlisle <laughs> you should think about that. Oh, oh, you've just planted a seed. <laughs> well, apparently so. Well, especially her, her, uh, you know, winning all those Grammys and being an out yeah. lesbian, all that great stuff. Well, speaking yeah. about out lesbians, didn't you just play with Tread Fury in Tucson? I did. We had a sold out, sold out show in Tucson with Tread, and it's always great to share a stage with someone I am, admire so much. And um, what was cool is that we each did our own short set, and then we got up mm-hmm. at, towards the end, and we just did a round robin. She'd do a song, and then I'd do a song, and you know we played and sang on each other's stuff, and it was just so much fun. 
Well, uh, yeah, and she's such a great person, and of course she's been around. She's another one of those people like Diane Davidson's was on a major label. Did they yeah. didn't know what to do with her? Um, right. She was very young at the time, and then she kind of got involved with the whole women's music movement, like oh, so many other people have. Very yeah. extremely talented, Chris Williamson. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can just go down the the line of women back in the seventies who was like. We really want to do music, and where are we going to do it at? So they made their own right. scene. Olivia Records yeah. happened because her and Meg got together along with several other women. So it's a it's a fascinating story, and I am so glad that you took the time and the years to write uh, that uh, the Lovers uh, Army Army of Lovers uh, book that kind of chronicles uh, that whole movement because that's important, and sometimes it gets overlooked. I think. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, if we wait around and wait for, you know, the straight guys to write our story, it's not going to happen. Or if they do it, they're going to screw it up. So, you know, <laughs> right. I felt like I needed to come forward and do it. Well, and you did. And uh, you still got enough energy in you. Even if not, you're going to drive all night. You, you're you still putting out albums. And I'm speaking of that, have you written more songs and thinking about a new album? And I'm, no, no, I'm not really thinking about a new album right now because I just, um, the last one was such an effort and trying to put out an album when I'm not touring very much is a really hard thing to do. So um, I do have a lot of new songs and I would love to be in the studio again. I love to record, but I'm not sure when I'm putting out another one. Mm. Well, that, of course, that last one was hard because you did it during the pandemic and uh, you did it. Did you do it up in Ottawa in the studio with James? Uh, I studio? did it. Yeah, I, I live in Ottawa, Canada, and I recorded in Quebec just across the river. And, um, you know, I released it at a time when I wasn't doing any gigs except online gigs. Mm hmm. And in retrospect, I probably should have waited until some of the venues opened up again. Um, and that and, you know, CDs really aren't selling these days. Most of my fans are older and they don't like to download music or they don't know how. And mm -hmm. so it, it's really hard to sell recorded music and albums are expensive. Indeed. Well, um, at least you're out there and you are, are writing songs and you're writing books. Uh, do you have another book in mind? Is so that you can kind of do on You know, it's funny you should ask because I was talking with some friends of mine just a few days ago and I've had this idea for a book rattling around in my head. So I guess if I say it out loud on the radio, it might happen. It might. <laughs> yeah, say it out loud. Yeah. Say it proud. Well, <laughs> well I'm, I'm thinking of writing a book about um, the lousy gigs that performers have. Mm. You know, I, I would call it Gigs from Hell. Um, <laughs> or at least tentatively titled that and, and okay. not just and not venting really but there's some really great stories out there about things that have happened to us that afterwards you go what <laughs> you know like um and i thought i would interview actors musicians poets you know anybody who gets up on stage that's great and um yeah and i love doing the interviews for an army of lovers so i thought well i get to do more interviews that You're would be good. fun and that would so, be fun and, and you could talk to all these different people that you wanted to talk to you know can, yeah, yeah, and I, I certainly know a lot of creative people, so. I think that's a great idea now that it's out there and over the air, in the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, now that I've said it out loud, now i got to do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I'm, I'm So that's the whole creative process works that way, so you said it out loud. Well, you know, I, I love how you use uh, all these different platforms. You have a monthly newsletter, which I just received, uh, that Great. people sign up for. And on that, what do you have for people to, to know about? 
Um, well, in, in my newsletter, I talk about my gigs and my books and uh, my latest lessons. I post a, uh, a guitar lesson to YouTube every week. Um, mm -hmm. So if, if people want to sign up, they just go to jamieanderson.com and uh, there's a sign up form there. Yeah, and it's very informative, and you have lots of links, and you know how to do links. <laughs> you know how to download songs. You know how to do all that stuff. We're not yeah. too old to learn all that new technology. And, yeah. and the other thing that I'm so glad you do is that Patreon uh, account, which is a great service for musicians. Yeah, Patreon is a wonderful thing. Um, I, I, a lot of creative people I know do Patreon because, you know, way back in the day, you know, like Beethoven's day, um, there were rich people who did nothing but finance creative work. You know, they mm -hmm. financed the writing of symphonies and, you know, otherwise those things wouldn't have happened. And Patreon is kind of a modern day version of that. And the cool thing is that you don't have to have millions of dollars mm -hmm. to support somebody. You know, you can pay five or $10 a month and support an artist and enable that artist to write songs or books or make films, whatever it is that they do. And I have a Patreon account and my Patreon supporters get, um, uh, an exclusive lesson, so it's only for them mm -hmm. once a month. In fact, after we hang up, that's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go teach a, a lesson for my Patreon supporters. Um, I post songs that I haven't posted publicly. I have, you know, all kinds of goodies for people who support me there. Mm. Well, it's great. I've talked to so many people that, that really rely on Patreon to get them through the hard times. Certainly the pandemic mm -hmm. was a hard time and you mm -hmm. couldn't go out and perform. Uh, you also have a great website. I learned a lot on your website, and there's lyrics to your songs and all these uh, ways to listen to your music. Yeah, and um, you can uh, you can listen to my music at Bandcamp. It's Bandcamp.com. It's just like B-A-N-D Camp.com, and you can listen to my albums there. You can stream them if you want. You can buy them there. I also highly recommend going to Goldenrod. Goldenrod is a women's music distribution company, and you know. And if you want to go old school, you can call them on the phone and order <laughs> my music. How, how great is that? Love Goldenrod yeah. for sure. Um, and uh, of course, you have your YouTube channel, which also has funny videos and, and, and interesting videos. I know. I love that one you did about ice cream. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So if if you go if you go to YouTube, just search Jamie Anderson Music, and you'll find my my uh, YouTube channel. And at the very bottom is where I put all the performance videos. Um, uh, the ones at the top are lessons, and it's great if you want to learn how to play an instrument. I'm not saying don't go there, mm -hmm. but if you're interested in my original music, you need to go to the bottom. Absolutely. And you do all those videos yourself too, don't you? I do. You I had do. to learn how to do all that, too. And YouTube is set up for, you know, people who've been staring at a computer screen all their lives. And I'm in my 60s. Mm. So <laughs> I did a lot of Googling. Google, mm. how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you figured it out because now you've got 70,000 subscribers and maybe they're men over 60, but still, you still have a ton of... Whoever whoever wants to tune into my channel, I welcome them. And Absolutely. That's so great. Uh, Jamie Anderson, fantastic. Um, I'm going to go out... Uh, well, first of all, I'm inviting you to come down to the radio station. I don't know if you ever get to Nebraska. I know you were in Nebraska a long time ago in the 90s. Do you ever come this way, by the way? Uh, I haven't in a long time because I don't tour full time anymore. So uh, unless it's in a place where I have family or uh, where I have a huge fan base, I, I can't go there. I can't afford it. Um, and I always got a good crowd in Nebraska, but that was 
oh, probably 15 years ago. Well, anyways, um, if you ever get this way, if you're flying over and decide to make a stop, or you, I'm not sure, you probably fly quite a bit, or maybe you drive, but love to have you in the studio sometime live in person. And in the meantime, thank you. I am going to go out with a song called Run, and that's not from your most recent album, but uh, tell me a little bit about the song before we get into it. <laughs> well, I don't want to give too much away because it's all revealed in the song. But um, I asked my Facebook friends a question, and I took the answers they gave me, and I put it together in this song. Oh, you did? Okay. So this is a good advice song then, right? <laughs> I think so, yes. <laughs> and you have a great video with this song too, don't you? I do, yeah. It was a lot of fun to make. I make videos of a lot of my songs. <laughs> well, Jamie Anderson, has been a pleasure. And by the way, you're a heck of a good Scrabble player. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I enjoy word games. <laughs> yes, I know you do, uh, and you're very good at them, by the way. Yeah, but you usually beat me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why that is. I usually do it about 1 o'clock in the morning. Apparently, the, oh. my vibes and my uh, my brain is quieted down. I can come up with words. Who knows how that uh, works. But That's the secret. Yeah, it's a late at night sort of a thing. I just, you know, yeah. it kind of comes through me, through the universe. But anyways, we're going to go out with Run with Jamie Anderson. Thanks so much for talking talking to me. Um, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We hopefully will run into each other one of these days again out there in the world. And in the meantime, let's take this advice. And, and if it's, this happens to you, you, sh you should run. And uh, Jamie, you probably run off and do your lessons. And uh, yeah. we'll talk to you soon. You take care. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.